Hello team, it's Pam here from Alt Marketing School. I have a question for you right now and that is what would happen if you could market to hearts and not brains? What would you think would happen if you knew that you could make the world a better place with positive impact marketing but putting purpose and results first? If you want to find out, then come and join us for the Alt Marketing Certification. Our six-week digital bootcamp for professionals who want to do marketing differently and advance their career along the way. Join me and our six incredible teachers to learn how to advance your career with confidence by applying effective systems and frameworks to the latest trends. The next cohort is coming up soon, so I would love to have you join us. And all you have to do is apply to join at altmarketingschool.com slash learn. Go to altmarketingschool.com slash learn to apply for the next cohort of all marketing school certification. Hello and welcome to Make an Impact Show, a podcast run by Creative Impact Co. Our mission is to help creatives grow their business, hone their marketing, and share their stories via outstanding content. Welcome back, team, to the Make an Impact Show. My name is Fab and I'm your host. And as always, I am joined by the gorgeous Amy to introduce us to today's episode. Amy, hallos. Hi, Fab. How are you doing? I am fantabulous. Thank you very much. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. It's sunny. It's lovely. It's, um, yeah, and I'm really excited for this chat. Actually, you had the pleasure to be live with us as I was chatting to the lovely Kerry. And we actually, Kerry is a creative impact veteran. That's what I call her, which sounds weird. But she's been following us and with us and actually one of the backers for our first ever crowdfunding ages ago. So it's, it's been so nice to be able to have her back sharing a bit of her journey. And what I loved about the angle that we took was actually looking at how she pivoted. And, you know, we might think, okay, pivoting was great to talk about during the pandemic, but right now, and what we thought about and what we discussed was actually the fact that, you know, right now we are shifting gear again once more because now we are, the world is changing again, is opening up again and how that is impacting the lessons that we have learned over the past year. Yes, I totally agree. It was a really interesting conversation for that. And I think it just shows how fluid and ever-changing life is. Obviously, no one predicted a pandemic, but those abilities to be able to pivot or slightly change your business and just adapt, those qualities will last you a lifetime. And as you said, we're changing again. So I think very much life will become a hybrid of online and offline. So kind of in real life stuff merged with still all the Zoom meetings. And I think Kerry's done so well in adapting. Um, and it was really interesting to hear how she's done that, the things that have really helped her, and just a few things that we can all learn, really. I agree. And I think those little lessons are really what we can then take over. And, and then again... I feel like the word adapt, probably if you do a drinking game today, like adapt to what I've come a lot and pivoting, you can do a, a drinking water game because hydrate kids. And just every single time we say pivot, you can have a shot of water and you're welcome. That would be great. And keep us very hydrated. But it does just show that being able to adapt and being able to pivot is key to keeping your business alive because 
even without the pandemic, things change so quickly, whether that's social media or the latest food trends or where people want to go on holiday for retreats. Who knows? It just everything's changing all the time. So that mentality, as well as the ability to adapt, is essential. Exactly. And the thing is, with what Keria did, as being a chef, she actually had to make the decision of what side of her business and what products and things she was going to invest in and try throughout the pandemic. And I think that's really what is fascinating about our chat together. I just want to give you a bit more information about the lovely Carrie before we kick off. Uh, Carrie Jones is a food educator and chef with an innovative approach and a passion for celebrating seasonal food. She coaches people to become confident cooks through her online cooking classes, her recipes and her videos. And this is really what she's going to talk us through today, how she took her classes and the way that she would teach people offline and she brought it online. So I really, really hope you enjoyed this episode. I really, really hope you have fun listening and learning with us and Carrie. And again, thank you so much for being here and we'll see you again next time. happening it's happening hello Carrie. how hello. are you i'm good thanks how are you i am excellent and i'm very excited to be chatting to you today um after we had a bit of a, a check-in with like hair pods no hair pods i think we are ready the sun is shining at time of recording so i think it's a good day it's a good day beautiful i haven't been actually left the house yet today so <laughs> that's going to be part of the plans right at some point (laughs) excellent but thank you so much for being here such a veteran if I say so myself yeah less of the old there please (laughs) no no way okay I mean veteran of of the community of creative impact of the members and everything else you've been one of as as we kept talking about every single time we chat one of the first backers for the first version of the so you know little special place and I know that (laughs) what we're going to talk about today is actually some of that journey in the last 18 months like to 12 months because I want to obviously you remind us a bit what you do but also like what your journey is before that I'm going to ask us some icebreaker questions just to warm us up um but you know I really want it to be kind of like talking about what you have learned what we've learned throughout this time before that let's get personal okay three questions all right so we're just gonna set the scene guys just get Carrie to tell us a bit more about herself what is the first job you had and what did you learn from it in my life in your leaf I did a paper round (laughs) on a Thursday afternoon delivering a local paper and got paid about five pounds a week which is crazy there's no money uh what did I learn I did it with a friend so it was good fun doing it with a friend I learned that um you have to work hard to earn money (laughs) (laughs) how old were you then uh oh about 14 I think 14 or 15 and that was before I then got a proper Saturday job so it's just a little bit of pocket money but it was um yeah it was hard work it was fun but it was hard work but not very much money so it was a long time ago but (laughs) I hope they pay maybe there are no local papers anymore but I hope they pay their delivery people better than they did (laughs) 
back then <laughs> if you're listening guys if you're listening oh that's that's crazy <laughs> though and you know what I know I even did that for a stint to do something similar so I think a lot of us have done the element of just you know helping out here and there with like I, I did it for like a local business so kind of handing out some papers for them yeah. and and you say it's it really puts into things into perspective it wasn't as hard as picking up pairs which I did a couple of years later that was hard yeah. in the in summer but it has the same feeling of like you know it's very repetitive things you kind of do a, a all in and all out and yeah I appreciate that because it's been one of my experiences as well now we're gonna go a bit closer to home in the yeah. last six months okay so Carrie what's been the best investment and if it's been money behind it a hundred pounds or less okay that you made in the last six months it doesn't have to be a monetary investment but what has been the best investment or the best thing that you bought a hundred pounds or less that you the last six months I've really really not spent any money this year which has been hard really had to not spend anything um because I haven't had it but um other than buying a bit of equipment like buying a webcam which I'll talk about later I'm sure um I I guess I bought membership to like a monthly well weekly kind of check-in with other kind of fellow solo entrepreneurs which I'm missing because it's right now and that's been really useful in kind of keeping me on track so that's the only thing I've kind of really invested in and yeah that's been worthwhile it's really helped me kind of focus and not just kind of veer off in all different directions which is really easy to do when you're on your own so yeah I agree. And that's actually an excellent point. And that's something that also, funnily enough, we also do on a Monday, on Monday at 9am every Monday. Um, And then we also have one on Thursday. So we have two check-ins. And as you say, it's just useful to be able to chat through. Obviously, we do with other members and stuff. Yeah. And just being able to actually kind of like have almost like a sounding board, because as you say, it can feel quite lonely. Sometimes you're going back to your thoughts and it's good to be able to voice them, I think. So yeah. I'm sure that we're going to talk about that as well. But that's, again, something that I'll definitely get behind, obviously, for what we do. Last but not least, though, there's one more. What is a trivia category that you would be really good at and why? Oh, God. Uh, probably if we take food aside and not focus on that because that's my job and that's predictable, I love musical theatre, so probably some obscure <laughs> theatre show or something about that that I'd probably be quite good at answering on. So, yeah, maybe Hamilton. <laughs> love that. That's excellent. That's, I like how we went from, like, yeah, musical theatre and a very specific Hamilton. Like, um, the work, like the lyrics or something, which are weirdly ingrained in my brain. <laughs> That is amazing. Yeah. And that kind of reminds us also of how sometimes our past lives kind of come back. And I love, I literally, I was thinking the same is like, you know, we can think about some of the things that we're passionate about right now, because we talk about it day in and day out. And then sometimes it's nice to actually look at what we've been doing in the past and some of our other passions and how they shaped us. I mean, we had West lives, we had, we had the weirdest stuff, Taylor Swift. So, you know, that is definitely nothing <laughs> obscure that I haven't I used to love website. I used to love West life. So. <laughs> Yay! See? See? So <laughs> she felt like the lady that said that she felt a bit lonely, but now it looks like she wasn't alone. So that's excellent. <laughs> but yeah, thank you for just kind of give us a bit of a bit of a fun kind of introduction, obviously. Now for a more, I would say, up to date and more related to this conversation introduction I want to ask you a bit about obviously what you've been currently doing just obviously give us a bit of context about the background of what you're generally doing but also what have you been doing in the past 12 months what have been some of the things that you've been doing and how they are slightly different or the same to what 
was the usual things that you were doing throughout obviously your work as as an actual chef yeah okay so uh pre-pandemic <laughs> I've kind of had a bit of like a multi-hyphenate type uh, career or work the last couple of years so I was mainly well splitting my work life up into different patterns doing uh chefing for retreats so yoga or fitness or well-being style retreats so that was a part of my work another part of my work is recipe writing either for myself or for other people or for brands and stuff and then another part of my work was doing corporate cooking workshops my own personal cooking workshop the odd supper club and in addition to that <laughs> I have a part-time job a couple of days a week where I work as a food educator I'm actually based within a cultural organization and um, so lots of different things but all around food and teaching people and kind of infusing people uh, about the joys of uh, food So that was what I was doing pre-pandemic. And then once the pandemic hit, obviously all that in-person stuff disappeared and all the chef work disappeared. And the one thing that it would work to kind of go online with would be the teaching. So I've still been doing little bits of recipe writing, but um, not much in the way of commercial on that side. So it's been mostly mostly the, the teaching, which is the one thing that really kind of works online. You can't really do a supper club online, for example. I wanted to ask you actually about about that and if I go, can go a bit a slight bit deeper when it comes to that choice that you made or that choice that as as you mentioned also you were kind of guided if not forced to make or actually choosing what to focus on yeah how how did you go about it so what was the first thing that you thought about when it was like okay I need to figure out what will work and how can I make these adjustments for myself because we all heard the word pivoting, which before we thought it's cool, it's a basketball world. We like that. We're never going to use that word. And now everybody's been talking for the past 12 months about pivoting. And at the time of recording, even, we are pivoting again because things are slightly opening up again. And I think everything is going to slightly shift again and we need to be aware of it. So I was wondering when you made that first decision, you know, whether it was conscious or a bit kind of forced and guided, what 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 were some of the thoughts? Like, how did you feel about it? Well, firstly, I didn't really know what the word pivot meant. Well, I mean, I know what the word pivot means, but within the context of work, it wasn't something that people really talked about because you never thought you would have to do it. It was all very unexpected. And um, I didn't make any decisions straight away. As soon as the pandemic hit, I kind of went into survival mode, which was how do I get through each day without kind of like mentally falling apart? <laughs> you know and a lot of us were in that position like I live on my own so there was a lot to kind of have to deal with that as well as well as like your financial world just falling apart and so I just took a bit of time in a couple of weeks to have a real think about it and talk to people and in that time everyone was talking about pivoting and jumping online and I find that really overwhelming because I didn't quite know how to do it so I wanted to take some time to do it properly because I kind of felt that if I was going to go online with some of my offering I couldn't just take what I was doing and take it online I'd have to create something new and I also hoped that once I'd done this I wanted to do it for a long time it wasn't just I'm just going to go online for two months and teach people and then we'll be back to normal I had kind of an inkling that I wouldn't be going back to doing retreats for a really long time so if I'm going to work on this model I want to take some time and plan it and work out how it will work and you know how you could earn money for it so I did it took me till May till I actually launched well I kind of started advertising in April but it was May that I started teaching so that was quite a while after the 23rd of March or whenever it was that we went into lockdown and out of all the things I do it's the only thing I think that would really work in a kind of online way so it kind of made sense 
just to kind of take that as the thing that I would run with. And I love what you mentioned there because I think it's very important being able to recognize that if you take that time to just understand how can you make it work as something that has that connection with what it used to be, but it can be its own unique way of delivery, I think has been something that it is scary because when you're stopping, you are, as you say, we're going to that survival mode. And I think when you're trying to change and shift, which will happen a lot of times, not just when obviously a pandemic hits, that makes it a bit more obvious that we all have to do that. But I think it's a great reminder that sometimes being able to actually take that time for ourselves to almost trying to make it more like a legacy and having something that then can be replicated, even yeah. if adjusted, I think is very important. And yeah. thank you for mentioning, because we forget that sometimes, I think. Kind of run, and it, the excitement is good and it's all great, but if we can actually step back a bit, um, it can help us, you know, obviously trying something, but maybe having already a bit more confidence about how we're going to go about it. And that's actually one of the questions that I had for you was, out of this, what was going to be the biggest thing that you learned or the biggest thing that you discovered as you were doing the research, as you were preparing to actually take it online, whether it's logistical level, whether it's adaptation, what was one of the things that you learned through that process of actually taking the teaching and bringing it online? I mean, teaching online is very different from teaching in person. So I've had to like design recipes, all new recipes, um, some of them were like from my past repertoire, but mostly designing them new so that they fit the format of online, fit the time frame that I've chosen for online and fit like the ingredients that people are able to buy. So I had to really approach it as a completely different project from the in-person stuff, I guess. So I don't know. I see myself as quite as an adaptable person. Um, I think I have always been quite able to go with the flow and change things. So, um, yeah, I, it hasn't been like it's not. A difficult thing mentally get to get your head around once you've worked out all the software and all the setup and stuff like that um I think yeah I just just decided to go for it what was the reception then how did that and also how did that help you then either again adapting or changing it slightly or potentially kind of refining some of the things you were doing yeah I was completely taken aback with <laughs> how well it was received to start with because I thought you know I've done quite a lot of online well like in-person events before in supper clubs and in-person cooking classes and retreats and I hate sales I'm always very honest that I hate sales and I hate having to like continuously push and advertise yourself um, and I put it out there to like my mailing list and you know social media and stuff and the response was like really positive and people were like oh yeah like we'd really like to do that um, which surprised me but it also gave me a lot of confidence then to keep going with it really so if I hadn't had that boost from everyone to start with it would have been a lot harder to then kind of kind of keep going it's been really hard like it's still been really hard and I still felt like I've been having to push it constantly but it's still much better than I had anticipated maybe I didn't have enough confidence in my offering before I put it out there but that's been good it's understandable though sometimes especially when you're trying something new that comes as an idea out of the response of something that you were thrown in instead of yeah. you walking down the park and magically having this like serendipitous moment it is yeah. a different way to go about it so it's always yeah. a leap of faith isn't it yeah massively but like I'd had you know I've been connecting with other people online like I sing in a choir and we've been meeting online each week and you know kind of realizing the value especially in those early days in May June last year when like we weren't even allowed to speak to another person outside which is really hard to get your head around now that that was the situation we were in actually coming together and cooking with people online was a really nice thing and all the people that joined in really enjoyed that aspect of it too so 
it became a social thing as well as being a learning thing. So I really tried to sell it that it was, this is, you know, something to do that's not your work to come and do in the evening and join together on Zoom. And you will always find people who don't want to do it, who aren't interested in spending their evening with their laptop because they've been on it all day. And that's fine. But, you know, there are so many people out there that there's definitely going to be an audience for whatever you're putting out there. I, I think wanted it's just to, about finding the right people. I wanted to ask you now, just kind of almost say we got to the, to the present, especially right now, as we are, again, as I said, there's an element of opening, there's an element of slightly shifting and changing. Have you already started to think about how you're going to take this forward or how you're going to adapt it again or where are you at right now because I think is the next step isn't it yeah I have I have asked like just sort of put it out there and asked people whether they would still be interested in carrying on because there's no point in me continuing to go on with a model that we've been using so far if people feel like they don't want to because there's a world out there that we can go and explore now so I have asked there, there is seems to be an interest I've actually taken this month off doing online teaching because I've got a few other bits that I needed to focus on at the moment but that's also given me the time to kind of have a think and a pause and wait when we get to the next stage of everyone opening up and being people being able to go in other people's houses indoors and then coming back and I've got a kind of feeling that I was this kind of thing I would like to keep doing forever more but maybe not with the same intensity or regularity so maybe moving it to you know one session a month and having a bigger cook along with more people or two we'll just see how it goes but I don't think I'm going to be doing it like every Wednesday evening like I have done throughout the year Mm -hmm. but the value in online teaching is definitely something that I didn't realize was there before but definitely is to keep going with. I love that would you say that was the highlight and what were what was one of the highlights of the experience which I know we were like blessing in disguise but what was the main highlight from this changing and pivoting and adaptability process that you went through um I think connecting with people so obviously social media is you know you do sort of connect with people but not in the same way and you often connect with people on social media who are your peers <laughs> so you'll chat to your peers within the business but then people who are maybe your audience don't have that confidence to interact with you in the same way so you know, inviting them to come to your cooking classes and then striking up a dialogue with them has been really great. And it's, they're the reason that I do this for, it's for them. So it's been nice to have that and to have people who've come from all over the UK. I've even had people from other countries around the world join us. And then obviously an in-person event, they're never going to then return to your in-person work, are they? So if I just start doing pop-ups in London, the people that come from Edinburgh, they're not going to come to that. And so there's still a huge market for online and in, non, and in an online kind of just rock up event that isn't the same as kind of doing an online course, because there's also lots of online courses out there and they create something completely different. And that's kind of not what I've gone down with this route. So there are lots of things to explore going forwards. I'm not quite sure where I want to take it or what I want to do with it, but it's definitely given me the ideas and the scope for that that wouldn't have happened had the pandemic not forced me to do it. And I guess there's something that you said in there as well, which is kind of very important, is that you took that pause as well that you mentioned earlier and by taking that pause right now you're actually allowing yourself as you say to see how things are panning out to digest the feedback that you're getting because I love that you mentioned it twice like the fact that you would ask people and I think I mean we've been in business for a long time actually potentially we started at the same time as I said Kara's been with us for a long time so you know I think at some point you get past at least that element of like just asking people what they want. At some point, I understand that when you're starting out, there might be some resistance. You don't want to push it. You don't know how to do it. But you are not going to get what you want unless you really ask people what they want. You're not going to get that clarity. 
yeah that's what I'd actually did I've forgotten I did that I did a survey monkey or one well, google forms or whatever it was back last summer before I launched just to you know what time of the week do people want to do this do they want to do it in the weekday do they want to do it a weeknight evening do they want a weekend do they want to learn desserts do they want to learn main courses and then looked at that and kind of pulled that together along with what I wanted to offer just to tie them together because there's no point putting stuff out there if it's not what people want although sometimes I think you have to lead sometimes as the creative you can't always respond to what people want but sometimes people don't know what they want until you offer it to them so it's a kind of combination of the two I think when you have a great idea, as you mentioned, when you have an idea that you think can work, then it's easy for you to present it. And sometimes also when you're asking the questions, it's not about asking the obvious question about what you want, but it could be what are you struggling with right now? Or yeah, yeah. what is the main solution that you want to get? And I yeah. think for anybody, obviously, that's listening, that's that's a core element of how you can actually shape it in a way where you are getting the feedback from your audience without yeah. asking them for too much almost which sounds counterproductive but people we are inherently lazy and passive which is fine online therefore we need to make it easy for people to tell us what they want without realizing it. i think that's a big yeah. thing as well what would you say has been one of the main struggles throughout the process and whether it's professional, whether it's personal, you mentioned as well, it's been definitely a 2020 year. That's what I called it. So what would you say has been one of the biggest struggles for you when it comes to that process? Um, I can't not mention financial. Financial struggles has been a big part. And obviously I'm not going to lie and say that doing online classes is completely like revolutionized. And I'm suddenly making like thousands of pounds because I'm, because I'm not, but it's, it's been great and it's really really helped me get by and given me a focus and something positive to work towards in a world when you know when everything gets taken away from you it's nice to have something to focus on so it's been good for that so yeah that's probably been the hardest thing along with just keeping going <laughs> I wanted to ask you actually on that how yeah. how have you because again talking about pivoting and adapting there's also yeah. how the element of keep going and yeah what's been some of the things that have helped you again when times are uncertain when you feel it's hard because you don't know what you can control or there's not as much they can control. What are some of the things that helped you or some of the people or tools or whatever it was? Um, I think not planning too far in advance. So I, again, that's another reason why I, I didn't look at a year as a whole and plan out the year. I've very much done the whole thing on a month by month basis. And I don't know whether that's the best way to do it, whether it would have been better if I'd have planned longer term. Um, but also because I've been creating new recipes and they've been seasonal, I've, adapted as we've gone along so I can never have planned it all in advance anyway and you come up with new ideas all the time so uh, making the most of them but like taking a break like I took a pause in September as well after kind of going solid through from May to like the end of August and then kind of had a bit of a pause and was like right what are we going to do this autumn so I guess me taking a pause now is the same it's the same as that and then having a regroup working out what's working what's not working what can I look to do it in the future how can I change my recipes or my offering so that I think has been obviously and also just having people come and turn up all the time is enough of motivation to keep going um, and to keep serving everyone. So, yeah. And I, and I think that's one of the things that also like sometimes we forget is just making that space. And actually I was thinking when you just mentioned about like planning, not maybe as much in advance, but month by month, I can see going forward, especially when you are the creative or the experts that works by themselves, mostly um, yeah. I can see this, becoming more a way of just working whereas 
and webinar preaching, obviously that longer times, longer business plans, longer planning along, which is great. But currently, especially with the members, we do a 90 day kind of check-in, which the last one happened in March. So it's going to be another one. And I think that's really important. And I found that that works well first for us as a business. That's what we do, but also for the members when they join, because 90 days or something along the likes, it gives you enough focus and you can have some dates ping down throughout the year yeah. because maybe December is your best year. So a month. So obviously you're going to focus on that. But a lot of us having that 90 day frame means that you can actually think about some of your focuses, have enough time to potentially adapt if you need to. But not, as you mentioned, not feel overwhelmed because we're still all digesting and processing what has happened. So it's it's a lot of pressure potentially to ask to a lot of us to think about what do I want to do for the next nine months? Because we're being, as you say, like forcing ourselves to actually do month by month just to be able to keep saying. So going from that to kind of planning the next three years feels a bit unreasonable because of how things are changing right now. So I love that you mentioned that because I think it's not just you, is how we all have reacted and is also something that I think we're going to bring into the future as well. Yeah, I think in a normal world, I would, of course, plan a bit further ahead and but even then, you know, when I was doing retreats, you'd have some that would have been in the diary for a year and then some people who have a much shorter planning schedule who contact you two months in advance. So there's always allowed flexibility in the schedule rather than getting tied up. But yeah, I have an idea of what I want to do three months in advance, even if I haven't actually physically sat down and planned the content and put it out there. So it's a bit more, is it, you know, when you're doing events, I guess there's a difference between actually just the overall planning and then the like the nitty gritty individual planning, which tends to happen on a bit of a shorter term no I agree and I think that's kind of key as well now I wanted to ask you just one more question and I was thinking when it comes to actual tools or things you match the softwares is there anything of that you bought anything that you tried anything that you used that actually really helped you to kind of make that online experience a bit easier for yourself or for your audience you know because obviously we talk about the whole experience and bringing people together but also because of the fact that so many people have been bringing things online I think you know we all had to find the best way to make our experience as special as possible in our own way yeah, so I, I didn't buy any equipment to start with, mostly because I didn't know what to buy and I didn't know whether I needed it or not. So I just launched in May with my Mac laptop in my kitchen, balanced on the windowsill. And that was fine. And then by the autumn, it started to get dark. So um, the, light, the strip lights at the top of my kitchen are terrible. So I was like, that's not going to keep. So then I did a bit more research. My laptop died. It couldn't be fixed. <laughs> get hold of another one and then I bought a webcam uh, which I managed to get on a tripod that I already had for my camera and then I bought some lights worked out I was telling someone about this morning worked out how to use a spare bit of kitchen worktop that I've got from when my kitchen was done like eight years ago and like I kind of like balanced that on top so that gives me a bigger surface area so that I'm facing the camera it's quite technical I have to make a video on what I've done and then plant it together and then having more space as a chopping area and being camera facing that's been really useful so that's not it that it didn't even really cost me any money it was just working out how to make the most of my kitchen if I was going to design a kitchen for teaching online I know exactly how I'd plan it but I don't have that space at home and um, I can't move house or use someone else's kitchen just because it would work a bit better so it's all about trying to adapt what you've got and then I think that also makes it more relatable as well. If I'm going to be in some fancy, flashy kitchen that's showing you how to cook fancy food, that's not practical for people to kind of like, you know, you don't need all this stuff in order 
to cook really good food at home. So the content is the most important thing, I think. And then everything that I deliver in terms of what I say, as long as you've got good light and a good view on the camera and people can see you and they can hear you, I don't think it really matters other than that. So, yeah. I bought a microphone. It was rubbish. I took that back. <laughs> I bought a hands-free one because I thought it'd be useful for walking around the kitchen. And the feedback on it was so terrible. I gave up on that. So I just used the computer microphone so um yeah you don't and I've said this to lots of people who were like get overwhelmed with the kit and how to make it work you don't need amazingly fancy stuff because the quality of zoom is so that even if I had a massively high definition camera by the time it's gone through to somebody else they're not seeing like film quality anyway so as long as people can see and hear you that's the most important thing I love that. And I have one more question, which is unrelated, and it come from some of the members. We had a couple of questions coming through, but I like this one, so I'm going to quickly ask this one. I would say in the last year, what was the best piece of advice that you have been given in the past year that really stuck with you? Or the best you know, little thing, that um, nugget of wisdom that you received? I don't know if this is in the last year, but just the general... <laughs> The general thing that I always like to kind of go for and stick through is just to get on with it and just to try it. So I could have spent six months last year and actually I saw quite a few people taking six months to work out what they were going to do and sort of procrastinating around not starting because they're not sure how well it's going to be received or what to do, but actually just give it a go and see what happens. So, you know, when I started in May last year and I put four classes out there, and if that didn't work, I could have then just stopped. It would have been fine. But I gave it a go. And I think until you do that, you don't know how it's going to turn out. So, yeah, just give it a go. I think there's a great there's a great piece of advice that we can use pretty much any time anyway. We've got one more question from the audience as well. And it kind of goes back almost with that, because that idea of, you know, when even when you're uncertain and when you don't know, but you want to try something and your gut and your intuition is telling you, put it out there. I love that you've given it a go. And one more too. Well, again, the question live is how has social media impacted your ability to pivot? So when we look at social media as a tool, how would you say that has impacted your ability to pivot and adapt? Um, I, well, I think you carry your audience across whatever you're doing. So having had, you know, I don't have thousands of followers, but I have, you know, a nice amount, a nice community on there that, you know, they're happy to follow me to whatever I change. I mean, I'm still doing food. It's not like I suddenly went, oh, I'm doing chef work. And now all of a sudden I'm, I don't know, doing flower arranging workshops. So it's all within food and recipes and all the brand that I'd already created. So social media has been really useful in that respect of just, just it being there and then it being there with what you change to. Because actually the core message and the core values of my business haven't changed. And I think it also allows you to then bring them throughout that journey, especially when you are doing the change and trying the new things. These are some of the people that you can get that feedback from and even just give yeah. them an idea of what you're doing and yeah. how and how you are creating the behind the scenes as well. It says, yeah, it reminds us to stay true to our values, which is true. I mean, sure. And also another thing is that, you know, had I not decided to teach this year and I don't know, I'd take time out, how I would have done that. It's been like I've created all the content you know, to share in social media, all recipes to share, all the behind the scenes, all the kind of, all of that stuff that you create while you're teaching 
has been great to use that on social media as well so uh, you have to make the content work hard for you I think so using it everywhere that you can whether that's you know I put all the recipes together in an ebook last summer and sold that too so that was a great way on capitalizing on all the work that I'd done to put the recipes together for the classes and try and use them in different formats and ways going forwards to make it make it work hard for me that's the thing and I love that like making it work hard for you as well I think is a big thing and you know trying to use what you've got and see how you can repurpose it in the most effective way so thank you so much for that thank you so much for joining us with a little clap (laughs) that I'm doing that like people cannot hear because that will be a bit disruptive I'm going to ask you the last question the question that is asked to anyone and everyone we ready yeah cool if you had to have brunch with anyone dead or alive who would this person be See, I always think about this question. I think I should choose someone who's like really amazing or that I aspire to in the world. But my mum passed away nine years ago, so it would be her. That is perfect. <laughs> That's absolutely perfect. That's amazing. Would you would you make the brunch? Would you make the food, do you think? Oh, no, I'd go out. <laughs> Fed up of clearing up. <laughs> That's probably as well. Thank you so, so much for joining and thank you so, so much for sharing this chapter of your story because obviously, you know, there's, there's big stories that we have, but I think, you know, it can remind us of a lot of things that sometimes we forget, especially during hard times. So thank you for sharing that with us. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. If people want to find out more about you, where should they go? Okay, so my website is the hub of all information, which is kerryjoneschef.com. Kerry is spelled C-E-R-I. I always have to point out to especially to Italians who's <laughs> still calling me Jerry and then I'm the same on social media so Instagram is the the social media platform I use the most and I'm just Kerry Jones Chef on there thank you so much for listening don't forget to check our show notes for more juicy goodness about this episode if you loved it please take some time to give us five stars on iTunes and make sure that you let us know your ha-has and takeaways on Instagram at creativeimpactco Also, you can find out more about us on our website at creativeimpact.group.